You obviously haven't really thought about Jeffrey's uh, his reason for being. Based on today, his reason for being is to uh, eat cat food and sleep in my bed. Has he been eating the neighbour's cat's food? Yes, he has. Oh, he is appalling. It's slightly complex because there's a certain level of enabling going on because Jill delivers bowls to the door that Gracie the cat has decided are beneath her contempt. Also, sometimes Jill's husband doesn't shut the door. Jeffrey has Goes in the house. Yeah, he just walks in, just like wanders in and has a little munch of the dry cat food. (laughs) Hey, what's their cat's name? Gracie. Gracie. And how does Gracie cope with Jeff actually being in the house? She sits on a chair and she hits him on his head. Does Jeff pay Gracie any attention whatsoever? There's cat food in the house. Why on earth would he be interested in a cat? This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. does uh, remind me of my, um, my aunt and uncle's cat had been, I think, hit by a car. Oh. And it wasn't in good shape. Like, it was oh. a little bit, um, as they might say, a little bit ropey. Dad's plan, being the professional, was to um, put it out of its misery. And my memory of the retelling was that they were out the back with the cat and, and my dad had had a shovel raised in order to thwack it over the head. Oh. And um, my uncle... His name's Rod. Said, no, 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 we can't do this. And so they spared this cat, whose name is eluding me. Daisy, no, Felix, no. Anyway, insert generic name of cat here. Benedict. And... <laughs> I'm sure that their other cat's name is Cumberbatch. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, this cat lived for years. You know... That just makes me really happy. Okay, Simon, it's your turn. It's my turn. Do you know that? Do you, are you familiar with this? It's an animation called The Story of Stuff. Have you ever seen that? No, I, I don't believe I have. It's by a filmmaker called Annie Leonard. It's an animation and it's about, I'm reading directly from the Wikipedia page because, as we all know, it's a, a an excellent source. source. Exactly. Uh, it's about the life cycle of material goods. It's really good. It just sort of gets into the nuts and bolts of a situation in which you have a, um, I think they describe it as something like a, a linear system, you know, where you take stuff out of the planet yes. and then you just dispose of it straight back in the planet as opposed mm-hmm. to... Uh, a circular economy. Where exactly. Where something returned. Where exactly. Where it's, it's not sustainable. Anyway, yeah. I, I, this is not the, um, the environment episode. It was more I was just thinking about stuff. And I wanted to ask you a, a simple question. Of the things in your house, and I could limit it to appliances or devices, but I, I'll let you, you decide on that if you want. Of the things in your house, which brings you the most pleasure? Oh, the last thing that I would think about were the devices. The things with plugs don't bring me a great deal of pleasure because okay. they, they feel by their very nature, and this is, I think, speaks to this idea of the story of stuff, they, they feel relatively temporary. There's planned obsolescence into them, isn't there? So who encourages us? Who, I mean, I'm just, this is a, I'm just being 
blatantly naive here. Who encourages us? I think we are encouraged by a range of things. You either have to upgrade or you get left behind. You can't be part of Netflix if you don't have the right operating system that allows you to put it onto your device. Yeah, I think it was Sonos who released a new line of connected speakers. Yeah, And then it kind of effectively made its previous oh. generation obsolete. And lots of people had invested a lot of money in whole kind of infrastructure around the house and going, hang about. Ecosystem is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ecosystem, that's it. Are you going to not support this with your app anymore? And the stink was so bad that they released sort of two versions of the app, like a, a kind of a, a heritage model, if you will, for the old stuff and a, the kind of the up-to-date one. So that people who had the old, the older, I say old, it's, they weren't even that old. The previous generation could still use it. So. Stuff. So, yeah. So not things that need power. Yeah, or that's true. that some and, and part, in part, is it partly because of the obsolescence thing? I don't know if it's because of the obsolescence. I think it's because I don't take pleasure from them as objects. Oh, you know, as much as I can look at my Bose seven hundred noise cancelling headphones and go, "Oh, they're very beautifully designed," and I really like the hinge. They don't give me the same level of pleasure I get when I look at any piece of furniture in my room, where I just look at it and go, "Oh." That is nice. So, is it furniture? Yeah, it would wow. be things. It would be things that I'm that I sit on, things that I can look at. I just find furniture to be, I mean, well made, well designed furniture, not just like you know stuff from DFS. Um, I just find it overwhelmingly lovely. That was incredibly snotty and middle class, and I'm quite sorry about that. No, I just, I just because I, I just don't know stores that well, and so DFS, I thought duty free store. I don't know what it stands for, but I, the joke used to be that it was for it stood for dodgy furniture store. But oh, I, I see. It's, it's a really furniture store. For. Yeah, it's a furniture store, and it sells. Um, if you watch terrestrial TV, which I haven't done for a little while now, but there used to be adverts just after Christmas that would go, "New sofa now available for four nine 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 nine," which was another reason that I couldn't go shopping there because it's like there's a decimal point in there. <laughs> Could 4, you put 9, it? Four nine nine nine. Oh, really? They yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah. four thousand nine hundred ninety nine. As opposed to forty nine thousand pounds. Yeah, no, no, no. Exactly. It's not that they go four nine 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 nine. And you like that's not a, that's not how we talk. It's uh, good to know. I'll um, I'm going to make a note of that. Use Don't your decimal point. Use decimal points. <laughs> Great. Um, and is there a particular piece of furniture? That's like asking which of my children I like the best. I don't have any, so that's really easy. Um, oh. when, we, when we first moved in together, me and Bob, um, we couldn't really afford furniture. We couldn't afford Ikea. So we would go to house clearance sales. There was a we, we nice. lived in yeah 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 we we lived near a, a a cattle auction cattle a cattle auction yeah most days of the week it sold animals I swear you said kettle <laughs> wow wow that's, that's some a serious really, piece of kettle a really specific auction <laughs> so there was this cattle auction nearby where we lived and twice a week there would be a furniture auction for house clearance once on a Wednesday and once on a Saturday morning. And we furnished our first home together buying things at this um, auction, this house clearance auction. And my favourite piece of furniture is still a sofa that we bought there. It's funny, I don't have the same, I, I, I don't have the same relationship with furniture. 
I kind of like to think I did, but I don't. It's um, it falls into super functional land for me. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the chords thing because I copied you years ago, and uh, I bought did a to- I bought a toaster. I was looking at it the other day, and it's a particular type of toaster which is made in the United Kingdom. It's called a Dualit, D U A L I T. And I I have to say I upped you because uh, you only had a two slice one. I got a four slice one. Yeah. Wow. And this is one of the things that I bought when I first got a full-time job, which was a few years after I first met you. And uh, I, I did. I, I bought two things, two um, appliances. One was a kettle, <laughs> speaking, no, cattle, a kettle. <laughs> and the other was um, this toaster. And it's funny because, you know, I make toast all the time. I really like toast. But it's not a thing I need. I mean, I could certainly grill toast in <laughs> the oven, right? It's not. In fact, it would save quite a bit of space because it's, um, it's not a small... Thing. Yeah, they're, they're, ch- they're chunky things. They're chunky. But you know the thing that brings me most pleasure with it? Well, there are two things. One is that it's entirely, it's mechanical. Yeah. It just has a lever and then a, a twist thing which has on a, on like a spring. A, like a dial? Yeah, which is, is on a spring, you, right? Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. dial it up and then it unwinds, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the best thing, and I've already done this, is that you can repair it. Yes, and so I've actually got the parts and repaired one of the, like done electrical kind of repairing, which, let's be honest, scared the bejeebas out of me. Yeah. And I think there was, <laughs> I think there was some, for months after I'd repaired it, we had a, we had a post-it which said, toaster, with an exclamation, <laughs> with an exclamation mark, <laughs> which was to remind us to turn it off at the wall. Because <laughs> somehow that might protect us if something had gone wrong with my, but yeah, I love, I, I, and that, in terms of the story of stuff, wow, does it bring me pleasure that it's not yeah. something that's just going to disappear. It's much more than the toast, you know? Like, it's so much more than the toast. Yeah, it and really I lo- is. I love it. I love it. It'll be with me until I die. And I just, anything, where if I look around in my house, I think, yep, I'll still have that when I'm, di- when I'm dead. Oh, yep, I'll be dead and I'll still have that. Do you know what's lovely as well is that not only will you have it until you're dead, somebody else can buy it at Whip in. a... Someone like you. Well, we got our first jewelet at the same house clearance where we bought the sofa. Did you really? Yeah, we still have it. We still have it. It's um, it's on top of a, a cupboard in the kitchen, and I, I use it for parts. So if any bits fall off the my silver one, uh, wait, I, are you a two jewelet household? Yes, but you don't don't make it sound like uh, like we're fancy because we're not. Just because we've got two toasters, don't try and shame me for it. It's it's it is quite funny because I just read the other day about a um a an arts project. I think it was a master's at a at a art and design university here in London, and um, their project was to build a toaster, but to source and get everything from its beginning parts. So, for example, in order to make a plastic cable, he approached, he, mm, I'm pretty sure it's a he, this this person uh, approached an oil company to get oil in order to make plastic. No way. Yeah, and so there's really, there, and this was a, just to make what you, what people would probably say is one of the simplest things, simplest uh, electrical things in our lives, a toaster. Right? Yeah. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They kept on having to make all these compromises. Well, I, the, I can't make plastic from oil. I'm going to have to get it from this. So they'd source it. And then there's all these slightly more complex things in terms of the way the heating system works, the way in which whatever the electrical current that passes through the thing and then that retains heat. And But eventually this person finished this toaster. And um, 
apparently uh, was really anxious about plugging it into a <laughs> socket. So it just ran off a battery. <laughs> and apparently it only would just warm up your bread. <laughs> and then one time, it, one time just plugged it in and the thing just blew apart. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but what a great isn't that a beautiful project though? Yeah, it really is, and I think it speaks really, it speaks really strongly to the things that we just the stuff that oh. we completely take for granted. And I, I know you you started by talking about the kind of the linearity of the way that we consume, and you know it 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 just makes me s- sort of think, what will it take for us to slow down? Um, the need to consume is is just voracious. Although that's partly what we talked about last week was, you know, how much, it's like how many David Attenborough documentaries is it going to take before someone takes an enormous amount to change culture, change behavior, change people's behavior. Yeah. But I I guess I was, and more I was thinking about here, actually, well, there's also these things that just also bring us enormous pleasure. And, And I just didn't want to ignore that, I guess, fact, you know, I don't know. And I guess the toaster is just a... It's absurd, really, because it is not something I need. There are many things I could say, like the jumper I'm wearing is an old fisherman's jumper, which I just love. And it was cheap as chips in this country. It just blew my mind. Bought it in Cornwall. It's 10 pounds. But it will. I will last until I die. I, I want to go back to what you just said about it takes a lot to change a culture, because it. I think it does, and I think it doesn't. Did you... Okay. When I was little, you didn't used to have to wear a seatbelt. <laughs> That's true. And I remember when, I guess I would be, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, that kind of territory, the rule to start wearing seatbelts was introduced. And it became something that was reinforced with fines and people being pulled over and ad campaigns. And now the idea of not wearing a seatbelt is yeah, that, that an culture changed. Exactly. So yeah. it's kind of like... Smoking smoking too, didn't it? Would you say? Yeah. It wasn't that long ago here, though, as well. I mean, it was only, no. it's only since I've been in this country that the, that the smoking ban happened in pubs. The idea of changing culture is hard, but it isn't hard. It's just there needs to be a decision that's made. And I think maybe one of the problems with kind of stuff... And this kind of the, the kind of the linearity of a consumerist society, the idea of kind of, you know, it's it's part of globalization, it's part of, of making bigger and getting better and, and growth, is that nobody has said, stop it. So you're you're all for regulation. I think I am. But I think I'm a socialist and I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being told what to do if Everybody else is doing it as well. It's I, I'm, I've got no problem with rules. I, don't, I mean, I do. I think that that question of changing changing culture, though, is I, I was reminded of that. Do you know that idea of the Overton window? Is that something you're familiar with? Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that idea that you know that public opinion That's changes right. over yeah. a period of time, and then the kind of the, what's what's What's, what's possible, acceptable, shift, and possible. Ex- yeah, exactly. That's right. Changes yeah. in time, and that you know, the idea of us talking about not smoking inside a building, for example, it wasn't that long ago where the, even the just suggesting the mere idea of that, you would have been just laughed out of town. Yeah. And so that, and I, I, I like that because it's it also has a really powerful history in terms of civil rights, uh, and that we can have this conversation now. Public opinion has changed enough in order to, for us to have this conversation yeah. now. I know it's I know it's a bit of a swerve on from stuff, but I, I, I think it's a bit connected. It's um, the way what's acceptable in behaviour seems to have sort of taken this quantum leap recently. But it, it's not like everyone has moved there at the same 
rate, which I guess sort of in a way takes us back to the mythical concept of cancel, <laughs> cancel culture. I really want to I just hold on to that thing about the who gets to decide. Because if we've talked about the Overton window already, oh, who gets to decide for now? But what about 20 years from now when actually we think differently? I read something the other day. It's, uh, it, was, it was so great. It's, uh, oh, I don't like the past. The past's an entirely different country. People do things differently there. And, and to me, that's just it's a really strong thing, which is we don't, we don't know how it is that, we go, that people will behave in the future. And we'll be behaving just as badly as the people we say behaved badly 20 years ago or 50 years ago or 150 years ago. And so there's something really, I don't know, just I, I, I'm so unwilling, so unwilling to participate in that kind of deciding who's in and who's not. It's the same shit that goes on at high schools. It's the same kind of attitude towards other human beings. Okay, you know that I'm not on Twitter. You know that I'm not on Facebook. So I don't, I don't contribute. Heavily participating in that. Uh... No, I, I don't contribute at all. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not having an opinion about this in a public forum. I'm not saying, oh yeah, Army Hammer was a bad dude, or retweeting something. Mm-hmm. I'm repeating stuff to you now. Um, and we came at it in a fairly incongruous manner in the sense that we were saying, <laughs> can we not shame people for their kinks? Which well, I think is actually a nice sort of sex positive approach to take. And that's really how we came into this conversation. But it's yeah. the story has not today, of... just the Army Hammer story, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Not today. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Obviously, oh, that's no, all. It was not Army today. Hammer. It was Army Hammer. It was all roads lead back to Army Hammer. Yeah. But, but you know, that, that idea of not wanting to get involved in kink shame, not wanting to kind of spiral away from the potential for oh, sex positivity, which I'm, I'm all about. Yeah. So, so you, you, do, you challenge me when you, when you say the idea that the court of public opinion is, is becoming increasingly toxic. And I recognise and, and forget that, I think. I, f- I forget it because I'm so... And I, not in a performative way. This is not about performative allyship. I don't believe I want to be a performative ally. Because if I did, I'd be on Twitter and I'd be retweeting stuff. Yeah. I do want to find a way to give space to value and 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 hear people's perspectives that are you know different to the ones that i occupy that have not been heard before that have been silenced before and i know that and i know that i will i will do something that you don't do which is i will tend to prioritize those that echo the politics that i hold and i think you're you're doing a, a much better job of wanting to give space to those people whose politics don't echo yours, and I really I admire that in you, which I've I've struggled with. Although oh, you know, I don't, I sorry, don't I have to listen to a lot of it through gritted teeth, though it's pretty but, hard work. But but you're listening. <laughs> but you're listening with all of that, all of those kind of caveats. I still I still find myself going, okay. But if those people hadn't shouted and appeared to be doing something in the court of public opinion, not in the court of law, we wouldn't have got to the point where we have intimacy coordinators on set, which allow young sure. female performers to no longer feel exploited. And, and, and um, yeah. the, the woman who played Daenerys in Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark, was really clear about, even though these were quite gentle and inclusive and nice and kind sets she still was made to feel like you best get your tits out because that's what's expected and you don't want to disappoint the fans and that's not very long ago and this is a capable thoughtful erudite articulate woman who was you know 
pressured into feeling that she was valued for the things that grow on her chest. Mm. And so this is, you know, I, I this is part of that part of that world, and I, I realise that there is a there's a really sharp undercurrent that is connected to shutting people up and shutting people down. Yeah. Oh, it's just so fucking complex, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, not... you know, and I'm I'm reacting also because, um, yeah, I just uh, I I just don't like the colour of bullying. Yeah, and and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the nature of the politics. Uh, the yeah. politics to me, because because I understand profoundly our capacity to to um, ride any way we want over other people, and also the the unsightliness of mobs of mm. mob mentality. It's so easy to be caught up in the snowballing of mob thinking. It's so easy. It's so seductive. And it doesn't and it doesn't matter what the politics are to me. Yeah. As soon as I, I, I have such a I have such an intensely strong reaction to it. Like I really do. It fills me with dread. Because it isn't the politics don't matter. It's the same mentality that did bring us the rise of uh, the Third Reich. It's exactly the same. And the, and how and if we don't think, if we don't, for, for the people on the left think for a second that somehow they're participating in a similar kind of mentality, just because I agree with the politics more, that those, those politics are more mine, if we don't think for a second that we're participating in a similar idea, uncritically, we're so close to that kind of world. We are so, the, the, the just degree of polarisation and the silencing of people, it's so yeah. profound. And I'm not saying, and that's not to counter anything you've just said about the importance of um, the way in which culture has changed for the better for Amelia Clark on a set or for a woman, a young actor on a set. Because, you know, I don't mean to trivialise the complexity of that. I'm not for a second because those things all matter and they're incredibly important. But, boy, it's it, if, if you just see it as black and white, mm. not you, if one just no, sees no, no, no. it as black and white, it's, um, I think it's, I, it's, I find it so, it's so dangerous. So we kicked off thinking about stuff and that, that led to us then starting to talk about how slow culture is to change. Mm. And I, I think the divisions that we are experiencing in our kind of political and in our social lives, how do we, how do we stop this? I think unless we start talking about truth again and I mean, really digging into what truth is, uh, I think, we, I, I think we're, we're pretty fucked. But we, you know, again, we've we've mentioned this before. I don't think it's made the cut. But you know, that who's responsible for the kind of questioning of truth and and the valuable, the yeah, the, the incredibly yeah. invaluable uh, questioning of it just it wasn't meant to leak out of the universities. Yeah, certainly not in the way. Yeah, not in the way that it then becomes an excuse. <laughs> Uh, sidebar, um, I finally managed to get my mum and dad onto Netflix the other week. My mum talked about that there's a television channel called Netflix, but it's not on my television. And I said, it's not a television channel as such. She said, oh, it's got television programs on it. How is it not a television channel? And anyway, so then I tried to explain streaming services to her. So she said, oh, I, because I've heard about this thing called Bridgerton and I'd like to watch it. Oh, so, there's a lot of sex in that show. 
which I'll come to in a moment. Um, so <laughs> I managed to get her, oh, I got my dad to download Netflix, explained how she could then uh, gain access to, um, to Bridgerton. So I got a phone call from my dad the next day and he went, what have you done? And I, I, I don't know. What do, what do you mean? What have I done? He said, you've broken your mother. I said, how have I broken my mother? Two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> she was mainlining it. She's, she was mainlining Bridgeton. She discovered binge watching. And she was up until two o'clock in the morning. And I said to my dad, and, and, and how does this... What have you done to my, well, yeah, your mother? What, what have you done to your mother? How does this present itself? So she just sits there with the volume up full, <laughs> watching it in bed. I said, does she not have headphones? Well, my dad went, oh, I offered her some headphones. She went, I'm not putting them in my ears. It'll hurt. And so she just made my dad listen to Bridgerton. <laughs> so your dad has, your dad's only listened yeah. to Bridgerton. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's not pleased. He's not pleased. But my mum's... My mum's <laughs> review of Bridgerton goes as follows. Very good sex, not enough fighting. She likes more violence with her sex. So in terms of storytelling... <laughs> So she likes, in terms of her storytelling, she likes sex and violence in the same package. I realise, I realise that that sentence could have taken us down a. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus! Oh, oh, whew. 